Derek Zamrak, happy Friday. How are you? Happy Friday. I'm doing great. Now, is January <laughs> usually a slow time for movie releases? I really never paid that much attention. Yes, it is. I mean, normally it's the Oscar buzz movies that come out because, you know, the Oscars get announced in, you know, early February. Mm-hmm. So they want to start getting them more into the theaters. The ones that they just had the limited theatrical releases in November and December, you know, start putting out. But this year, there's two elements that are really changing that where it's, you know, you have the Netflix and Amazon, who, if you look at all of the predictions, a high majority of the films that are going to be nominated in most of the categories are streaming currently on those <laughs> channels. So you have that coming about. And then you have our good friend COVID, who keeps shifting movies. So mm-hmm. it's an extremely slow time for movies. And it's something that, you know, is not helpful to movie theaters. But you know what? We've been fighting for two years now, and we're going to continue to fight so that's way yeah it is. <laughs> yeah and, and and like like today we're going to talk about belfast and the, the lost daughter over on the podcast and these are two films that are getting oscar buzz that are streaming but they're also playing in theaters now i'm going to give my opinion whether you should go to the theater or you could probably just watch it at home okay. so let's get started here so the first one is belfast which is the tenant bronner's new film um you know the great director storyteller uh from ireland and this is a perfect personal story. He's saying it's not completely about his childhood, but it's about stuff that he experienced in his childhood growing up in the late 1960s in Belfast, Ireland, and a period of time where there's a tremendous amount of turmoil between the Catholics and the Protestants. Now, I've never got that concept. You know, it's supposed to be peace and, you know, know, forgiveness. And these two groups, the religious groups, are fighting amongst each other, you know, on the street. And this movie is from a kid's point of view. The boy who plays the young boy in the film is, is Judith Hill and he's a, a tremendous actor and you're watching him and you believe this kid what he's going through and the moments that he's dealing with is like seeing people fighting in the streets running in, in the housing you know doesn't know what's going on but it becomes a common thing in his life and how he deals with it and how he escapes now the most endearing parts of this movie are twofold one is his relation with his grandparents especially his grandfather now his grandmother is played by Judy Dench who's always fantastic but he feels more comfortable expressing everything that he's he's seeing and he wants to know the history through his grandparents. So that's a great moment in the film that I truly enjoyed. And the other moments that I loved in this movie. Now, this movie shot in black and white. Now, I love black and white film. And mm. I think it really brought in that time period of the 60s because they didn't really have a lot of black and white films then. But yet it brought you to a period. This is a while ago. It's not current. So and I think the photography of when you can do black and white well, it really becomes a character in the movie. And I just, I love that. But the kids' escape was going to the movies and seeing theater. And when they were at the movies or at theater, those were shot in color oh. on stage or on the screen. And it gave you such an impact because it was like, that's his escape. That's a different world than he sees currently going on. So Aww. I just thought it was fascinating the way that they did that. Now, some people are going to feel that this film was slow and especially on the pacing side. And some may feel that there was repetitive moments in the story. But I felt like that's the way it needed to be because it was slow because everyone didn't know exactly what to do, especially an 11-year-old boy. Uh. What is he going to do? Going to go at a fast pace or, or is he going to try to repetitively speak to his grandparents and try to communicate with his parents? Huh. Now, I found it as a, as a wonderful film. It'll get several 
of nominations. You know, they're talking best pitcher, you know, nominations for sure. Will it win? I don't think so. But this year it's going to be so widespread. You don't know right now. There's still openness of who's going to win what. And I think the technical side of the film will get some nominations. So I think it's going to be a movie you're going to hear a lot more buzz. Now, this is a film that I truly think you need to see it in a movie theater because of the fact of the black and white and how it becomes part of the character in the movie and the impact of the use of color at the right moments in the movie, you're not going to get that on your iPhone or your your television set. So, I, and I give this three and three quarter slates out of out of five. Oh. I look at my top ten list and say, okay, where is it? You know, <laughs> Mel knows exactly, and yes. our good friend Marcus, who listens all the time, knows exactly what I rated everything else. Yes. So I have to make sure that I'm in the range. So I, I, it was a wonderful story. Really enjoy this film and get into it. And but it's a type of film that you have to be ready. For. Okay. You can't just go and I'm going to turn it on and see see this because you have to be in the right frame of mind, no distractions, and that's why I think it's important to be at the movie theater okay. because there isn't any distraction. So yeah, that is so true. That is the one thing I miss most about being in a theater because I do not devote my time solely to a movie or to a right. series when I watch at home. Yeah. There's too much other things happening. So <laughs> how about the Lost Daughter? I haven't heard anything about this film. Um, yes. Yeah, so this is actually Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut, okay? And this is uh, stars Olivia Coleman. So when you hear Olivia oh, Coleman, yeah. you automatically know it's going to be an Oscar nomination. <laughs> she is fantastic in this movie. She's actually a, a professor who decides to go to the coast and uh, get away in Greece. And she encounters a family. They're from Brooklyn, and they're not very nice. <laughs> and they kind of treat her bad. Uh, but she's still watching the daughter and seeing what's going on. And then in the film, you're getting flashbacks about her daughter and what happened in their relationship. So all of a sudden, I'm not going to get spoilers in, the, in this movie because there is several. But all of a sudden, the girl that she's watching, that's uh, Dakota Johnson's daughter, and they goes missing. Mm. And they ask Olivia's character to help them find the daughter because she just went missing. And then her daughter lost her doll. So that's another thing that's going on. The doll is a connection to everything that's happening. But you see these flashbacks going on. And I think this is a, a type of film where I enjoyed it. And I think it's something that is important for people to see and to study. But I felt like myself, this is on Netflix, so you know anyone who has Netflix can watch this film. It's two hours long, but I think Maggie Gyllenhaal felt like as a directorial debut, she needed to throw in a little more experimental shots in the film that I don't think needed to be there. Okay. Um, when you have a shot of a bucket of shovel in it, you know, and you're holding it for 30 seconds oh. because you know that the girl is missing Ugh. now and the bucket's not being used. You know, I mean, it just felt like there were scenes in the movie that she tried a little too hard, I felt. Okay. I think the movie's good. It's a good first time directorial, you know, appearance of her. I just felt that it had a little bit of let's meet, let me try a little too hard, you know, okay. in, in the film. Which brings up a question what? I have. I don't mean to derail you, and I do want to get to the slates, but how much sure. carte blanche? 
launch, does the director have all the say over the edits? Like the editor can say, uh, I think we should do this, but is it the director that says, no, leave that bucket in there? <laughs> well, it really depends, you know, and this is a, is, a, is a lower budget film, so she probably had most of the, the final decisions. Most okay. of the time in the contracts, they will say, I have final cut. Mm-hmm. Or later on, you'll know the director cut movies. <laughs> you oh, know that yeah. they didn't have final cut originally. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but this film, this film felt like an independent film. It, it had that, you know, graininess to it. It was low budget in some aspects. I mean, a great cast. Um, the one scene that I really enjoyed, and this is kind of out there, okay. was Ed. Ha- she's friends with Ed Harris, and I'm not going to tell you the relationship, but th- they become friends, and they're at um, at a party, and they start dancing to John Bon Jovi's uh, "Living on a Prayer," okay. and it is so funny. I mean, <laughs> it's like one of those you know moments uh, in music, and people are lip syncing to it. It's just funny. But Ed Harris, oh my God, that guy really aged. I mean, oh, really? I mean, he looked, I mean, he looked pretty frail, I thought. I mean, Darn I don't know it. if he lost weight for the role or what he did, but it's like, yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise, but it's one of those scenes in a movie that made you laugh when you needed to laugh because there's a lot of depressing things that are going on in this movie. So it was a point in time where I think she did a great job of let's bring the people back and make them laugh and have a fun time with a Bon Jovi song. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Living on a prayer. Everybody loves that song, but maybe not when you're seeing crotchety Ed Harris shaking his rattly bones to it. have so much fun. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so how many slates for The Lost Daughter? I'm, I'm going to give this one three slates out of five because okay. I think the story's bad. I think, and, and most of those points are going to Olivia Coleman's performance. Definitely nominated for it for an Oscar in it. Could she win again? I think she could. And um, I just think it was a great effort for a first time, but I think she could, you know, Maggie Gyllenhaal can learn a little bit about if she rewatches her movies. But I, who am I to say? But I just feel <laughs> it was pushed. I'll tell you so. who you are. You're the box officer. <laughs> That's who you are. <laughs> right. You are meant to say it. It's your job. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Derek, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Sounds good.